Hi, welcome to Online Marketing with John Lagadakis, where we talk about how to set up and run a successful online business, all the way from registering your first domain to setting up your website, SEO, sales funnels and sales copy, social media, lead generation, free and paid traffic methods, and much more. I hope you get a lot out of today's episode. Hello and welcome to the podcast, everyone. It's great to have you here. Thank you so very much for joining us. Our special guest today is Nicholas Cole. Thanks for joining us, Cole. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Let me tell you all a bit about Nicholas or about Cole. He goes by Cole. So Cole is a writer, author, columnist for Inc. Magazine and a top writer on Quora. His work has been published in Time, Forbes, Fortune, The Huffington Post, Entrepreneur, Business Insider and many more publications. Topics he writes about ranges from self-development, creativity and innovation, productivity and positive habits and other many other topics. Cole is also the founder of Digital Press, a ghostwriting and influence agency for serial entrepreneurs, CEOs and business owners. Cole's got a lot of experience that he can share with us, a lot of insights on content which is really important for our online marketing. So I'm looking forward to learning about what Cole has to share with us. But before we do that, I always like to get a bit of a feel for who our guests are, the person. So Cole, tell us a bit about yourself. Who is Cole? What was life like for you growing up? What are some major things that happened or influences early on in your life that sort of shaped the path that you've taken today? Yeah, so I think the story that everyone knows me for most is when I was 17, I was one of the highest ranked World of Warcraft players in North America. So I was a very hardcore gamer. Um, Also, as a teenager, I didn't know that I had celiac disease until I was 18. So all growing up, it was... So I'm a bit ignorant. I'm not sure what celiac disease is, if you can explain that for us. Yeah. So it's it's an allergy to pretty much the most commonly used ingredient in food uh, all over the world, which is wheat. Right. Um, so they, you know, bread and uh, they use flour in just about everything. Mm-hmm. And so all growing up, I always, it was like this allergic reaction, essentially. I felt like I had the flu every single day. Um, so while I was sick, I, that prevented me from doing a lot of things. I didn't know that I had this until I was 18. So I was um, r- really underweight and all, never feeling great and spent all my time essentially playing video games. Um, and as a result, I became really, really good at World of Warcraft. And it was one of those things where my personality type, I'm a really competitive person. So because I felt so restricted, like I couldn't do all the things that I felt like normal kids could do. Um, like I grew up playing hockey and, and things like that. But even hockey was a challenge because I was always one of the smallest, skinniest people on my team all growing up because of food. Um, So I invested all my time into video games, got really good at World of Warcraft, and in 2007, I actually had one of the uh, first e-famous gaming blogs on the internet. This is way before blogging became a cool thing, uh, right? So basically, I took that, and I would say that that's the foundation of everything from my mentality to the way that I approach things. I mean, becoming a hardcore gamer as a teenager, uh, I was competing against some of the best players in the world. So... I took that and after that got into bodybuilding, applied that to bodybuilding and spent about five years living that lifestyle. Uh, Same thing, like I learned that I had celiac, so I changed my whole diet. I started spending a lot of time in the gym um, and pretty much transformed myself and and my physical body. Um, And 
when it came to writing, this was maybe like four years ago, I started writing on a website called Quora. And for those that don't know, Quora is like a question answer site. It's what Yahoo Answers really should have been. And anyone can ask a question, anyone can write an answer. But what I learned was that the best answers were creatively written. And I studied creative writing in college. I was a blogger, like I said, as a teenager. I always was really interested in writing, especially writing online. So I started writing on Quora, and this was kind of right at the tail end of my bodybuilding years. And one of the uh, first questions that I answered was someone asked, you know, can is it possible to change yourself so much that you you no longer recognize yourself? And I answered yes, and I showed this image of me as a teenager, really sick and skinny and underweight, and then an image of me as a bodybuilder, you know, years later. And I said, when I look back at pictures of myself as a kid, it's really hard to imagine that that's who I was because I was in such a different physical space, but also mental space. I was really, I didn't think very much of myself and I just spent all my time playing competitive video games. Um, and that answer ended up going viral. It went front page of Reddit, has over a million views. Um, that weekend I had my inbox flooded with people asking me what my workout routines were and everything. And real quick, I put together my first website, a couple eBooks on fitness and launched them. And that was kind of my intro to this idea of writing content online specifically to uh, help other people, but also to uh, end up building yourself and your personal brand and, and having people know you for something. And with fitness, I never really wanted to be like a, a personal trainer or make fitness my long-term career. I just really liked going to the gym. Um, but it was through writing about fitness that I ended up learning about writing online, actually. And from Quora, I became a top writer on Quora. That led to me becoming a columnist for Inc. Um, led to me, I published my first book. It was a memoir called Confessions of a Teenage Gamer about my years playing video games um, competitively. I launched that a year ago. And then earlier this year, I launched my first company called Digital Press, which is a ghostwriting agency because I have been ghostwriting for CEOs and executives for a while now. So I created an offering where the team of writers that I mentor and I oversee, um, we write content for executives and serial entrepreneurs, keynote speakers, people that want to be seen as thought leaders in their industry, don't have the time to write or maybe don't have that skill set and want to write really great content that attracts readers. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, really looking forward to sort of getting your inside tips on how you're able to write that kind of content because there's a lot of, I know there's a lot of people listening that want to be creating content and maybe they're not good at it or they just they want to improve on their skills. And one thing I was curious about, Cole, as you were talking about your growing up years, is as a parent, it'd be a bit of a nightmare if my kid was playing video games all the time. I mean, I know it's very different for you because you, you had a condition, you, you had that celiac disease and, you know, you're sick and sort of you're sort of homebound. Through those years as you were playing and you're being very successful video games, what was your parents' attitude towards it? Were they supportive? Were they concerned? Yeah, it was it was a huge challenge, you know, but I don't think, A, I don't think their reaction is really different than any other parent's reaction, you know? I mean, they just... They just wanted to see me succeed. They just wanted me to do well in school. And especially, you have to put yourself in that time, right? In 2007, the concept of having a blog or a YouTube channel was not even close to cool. Hmm. You know, like if you if you were posting blogs about yourself or videos of yourself on the internet, people thought you were weird. It wasn't it wasn't a cool thing yet. Um, 
so yeah, it was there. It was it was a lot of tension, and and also you know this is something that I talk about in my book because the journey of me becoming such a a competitive gamer was a huge challenge. I mean, I pretty much everyone in my life didn't want me to to do that, but from my perspective, I was like, well, what else am I gonna do? Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm I'm sick every day. I don't I don't know what you want me to spend my time doing. At least I enjoy this, and I can do this from home. Um, but it was the difference was that my I realized that there are a lot of people that play video games just for the sake of wasting time. But like that wasn't ever my mentality. Like whatever it was that I was doing, I was going to become the best at it. And then I was going to figure out how to make a career out of it. And that's where the blogging thing came into play. But it's all the lessons that I learned from then. You know, like in 2007, every single person, any authority figure in my life was like, you're not going to ever make a living on the internet. So what value do video games bring to your life? And today I'll tell you that my lifestyle, like pretty, like, you know, a lot of things have changed, but it's also not terribly different from what I was doing as a teenager. I still spend just as many hours in front of the computer and then my, my entire livelihood and my business and everything is built off of the internet. And I really feel like it was those early experiences of interacting with people online and understanding how the online world operated and how people communicated at such a young age where, you know, I'm 27 now, it's a full decade later, and I'm very aware of how different my skill set is in terms of a lot of other people because I understand the internet in a very different way. One of the important lessons for us to take away from what you've just talked about there, Cole, is that whatever you do, if you strive to be the best at what you do, there's always a benefit that comes back to you in your life. Oh, and, 100%. Yeah, and if it's something you really enjoy doing, that's fantastic because most people don't like what they do for a living. If you can do what you enjoy doing, you strive to be the best at it, then it's great. Yep, and it's the same same thing with like bodybuilding too, right? You know, there were plenty of people that looked at me when I was a skinny kid weighing less than 100 pounds and were like, what are you doing? You're wasting your time. But like for me, everything that I do, and this is just, I think it's a, I don't know if I'm just wired this way. I feel like I am is it's a mentality difference. Like I don't go into things being like, I'm going to do this because I think that's the highest likelihood that I have to succeed. I'm either going to do it because I want to do it or I'm not. And that's really the difference because when someone goes into a pursuit just wanting the end goal, it's so much easier to give up because you're always like, well, when am I going to make it? When am I going to make it? Whereas for me, I I know it's not an if thing. It's just a when because I'm doing what I enjoy. So whether it was video games or bodybuilding or writing online, it's like it's not that writing is a profitable career choice, right? Like I went to an art school and have a degree in fiction writing. Like to everybody else in my life, that was the stupidest decision you could possibly make going to college. But for me, I was like, I'm going to if I'm going to spend four years in school, I'm going to study the thing that I want to study and I'm going to figure out how to take that and and build what I want to build off of it. And I did, you know, and I think that's that's the huge difference is like it, follow where your interests are. Don't follow what you think is safe or profitable. Yeah, that's great advice. What was also interesting to me, Cole, what you were talking about before is that there's leaders of organizations like CEOs that employ your services and the team that you have to create content for them because they don't have the time but they want to create content. Why do major organizations, business leaders want to be creating content online? What is the benefit to them doing that? And also, 
what type of content are we talking about? Yeah, so the single greatest benefit is the fact that if a company or a brand um, or that name of the organization puts out a piece, um, to be honest, it sounds just like everything else, you know, because it, uh, a company can have a voice, you can have a brand voice, but it will never, it's it's kind of like the, um, it's an impersonation of the real thing, right? Like you, you listen to a company talk and you're like, okay, great. You might have a clever brand voice, like Skittles has a really clever brand voice. But at the end of the day, you know, what people really want or who they read are people. And so if you're putting out content from a company, it's not going to ring the same way as if the CEO or a leader within the organization says, as an individual, this is what I've seen work or here's my advice, you know, because you feel like you're learning from someone who actually built the thing that you're interested in. That's who you want to learn from. And for me, this whole, the way that digital press even came about was just, it's how I go about learning. Like if I want to learn something, I go find the person that's already done it and I go, can I grab a cup of coffee with you? Or can you chat on the phone with me for 15 minutes? And I, I learn from the individual. And so you have all these really, really smart people that have built successful companies and all of their knowledge doesn't get shared because they don't have the time or they don't have the skill sets in order to do it. And that's not just written content, that's video or that's imagery. I mean, it's all, it's just content period. So for me as a writer, I know I can deliver um, that knowledge through this specific avenue and I can help you convey what it is that you know through written content. But as a result, when someone goes online, like me, if I go online and I wanna learn something, and your article pops up and I learn from you, now not only am I a fan of yours and I've, I've extracted value from you, but now I know who you are and what your company does. And that's such a different way of going about getting your, your name or your message out there than conventional advertising. Yeah, so true. I look at today, when I'm on Facebook, for example, and I get stuff in my news feed that's related to business, a lot of it is the individual's and it's not from the company. I'll give you an example. Yep. So I'll see stuff from Gary Vaynerchuk. I'll see content from Jack Ma being interviewed or talking about something. You're right, the individual, Elon Musk. And because we get a relationship with that person and we click with that person, then we're interested in what they do. Like we're yep. interested in AliExpress or we're interested in Tesla vehicles because I identify I really like that person. So it's so true. We're not just talking about big organizations here too. And this is very applicable to all online business owners because Cole, when people come to me and they want to start a blog, for example, or online business, especially a blog, they want to be an authority in a particular niche. I tell them, make sure you put yourself on the blog. There's pictures of you about you because that's what people connect with because there's so many out there when it comes to websites, authority sites, blogs, let's take, for example, bodybuilding. How many blogs or websites, authority sites are there out there about bodybuilding? Heaps, right? So if, yeah, you, so if, many. You, it's right, if you create content just around the bodybuilding, around the, the bodybuilding products, you're just another site because everyone else is talking about that. However, if you do it around yourself, if you've got images of yourself, videos of yourself and your story, your journey through bodybuilding and what you've done and products you've used and why you've used them and that's totally different totally different and you yep. get much more traction that way what you're talking about makes a lot of sense 
What I wanted to ask you, Cole, from your experience in creating content, what is the best type of content to create? And does it depend on which platform you're publishing it on? Well, I feel like you kind of just touched on it. The secret recipe for me that I found is it's creating content that achieves two very different and even opposite things at the same time. So on the one hand, you want it to educate someone. You know, if someone's going online to learn, they want to find the content that you're putting out there and be able to extract some sort of value from it. Um, But on the other side, you know, and how the internet works, you also need to hold their attention, which is the challenge these days. So in order to hold their attention, there has to be some element of entertainment. That for me is, that's, that's how something becomes relatable. That's also how something becomes shareable. So when you put out a piece of content, it's like, yeah, you want to educate the person reading it, but in order for them to stay entertained, you have to put yourself in it and you have to give them some sort of personal story with an up and down and a conflict and something for them to hold on to. And so like the best example is if I put out content all day, that's like, you know, five reasons why you should write online. Someone's like, okay, yeah, you and everybody else. But if I explain, if I explain like five life experiences that taught me why it's valuable to write online and I'm like, yeah, here's tip number one. When I was a teenager, I was a pro gamer and this is what I learned from it. Tip number two, when I was in my 20s, I was a bodybuilder and this is what I learned from it and draw all those parallels to writing online. Someone's going to read that and go, okay, not only did I learn something, but I feel like I know you as a person. And so now that's that's personal brand equity, right? Like they know you, they recognize you. And the third step from that, that so many people forget because it is an investment, right? Like you have to create all of this content over long periods of time. Gary v, Gary V didn't put out one video and go, that was the best video you've ever seen and now everybody knows about me. Like his value and the ability for him to win is through consistency. It's a, it's a volume game. Just like I've written... 800 plus answers on Quora and 300 plus columns on Inc. You know, it's not like any one of those was some gold mine. It's that I'm so consistent that it's almost like you can't ignore me. And same thing with Gary Vee. You can't mm-hmm. ignore him. And so the value that I would bring someone or, or you get out of content is you have to be so consistent that you kind of never go away. You're always coming up with new ideas. You're always finding new ways to explain your story and things that you learned from it. And as a result, when someone comes to me and they go, hey, I read your article on Inc. I love what you're about. I read your story. Like, I'm curious. Tell me about your services. And then when they go, well, what's the ROI? All I have to say is, you called me. I didn't reach <laughs> out to you, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not selling you on anything. You're the one who called me. So that's, if you make that investment, there's a tipping point where at a certain, like, then people start reaching out to you because they know who you are and they trust you and they see that you know what you're talking about and they know your story and what you're about. And then you're, you're not selling people anymore. You're like, I'm giving you an opportunity to work with me. You already know what I'm all about. Yeah. And that's a massive difference. Well, massive reason why you want to be creating the type of content you're talking about. Exactly what you said. People come to you and it's happened to me as well. And it's a totally different ball game with people basically already want to do business with you. It's amazing. I thought it was really interesting to about what you're saying about Gary V, for example, is what I've noticed about his content is, yes, his videos can contain different messages, but 
a lot of the time he's talking about the same thing. It just creates lots of new videos, as you said. So do when you're creating new content, you don't have to be coming up with something totally different each time, like a totally different concept. It could be just a different story. It could be the same concept, but different story. But like you said, you're consistent, which is really important. What I wanted to ask you, Cole, is about outsourcing content creation because I'm not a big fan of it depends how you outsource it i think i I mean i outsource stuff all the time outsourcing is important you can't do everything yourself you have to be careful though i think when you're outsourcing how you outsource your content creation i'll give you an example if you go to fiverr.com and you ask someone to pay someone five dollars to write an article for you it's typically not going to be something you want to be publishing because the quality is not there you want to talk a bit about that about outsourcing content creation sort of tips to things to do what to do what not to do yeah i mean at the end of the day you get what you pay for right so i think outsourcing that word tends to have a negative connotation to it in some sense um because you you know like if i need a videographer okay yeah i'm outsourcing my you know i'm looking for a videographer but you're still going to work with people i think that's still okay um the biggest thing for me is just I think it's on you if you're the one looking for someone to do your due diligence on who you're going to be working with. You know, like it's so surprising to me when someone goes, we're going to outsource our social media management and they give it to someone who has a blurry cover photo and whose bio is like, I love cats and coffee. And, you know, they don't even know how to build their own page. And then they wonder why their results are the way that they are. You know, like I think it's really important that like for me, every person that I work with in some sense, I'm, I don't treat a single relationship like, all right, you just do this and I pay you to do it and that's it. It's a collaboration in every, in every sense. And it's almost like I take accountability to know what my own expectations are for it. And if that means it's something that I don't know much about, I go educate myself on it and I go learn what I should be expecting from that sort of relationship. And and a lot of brands and people don't do that. They're just like, I don't get social media or I don't get content or I don't get this. So I'm just going to pay someone else to do it. And then they don't, they themselves don't even know what they're expecting in return because they haven't done their homework. They haven't done their due diligence. So I think if you are going to outsource, yeah, like take the time to find someone that's going to do a good job. But also it's, it's on you to give them what it is that they need. You know, so like for us, when we work with someone, I'm very clear in saying, this is what I need to know about you. This is the time that I need you to show up every week and and give me answers to this. Um, when ideas come to you, send them to me like this. Like I work really hard to set the expectations appropriately, but so do they, you know. So that's that. But that's you know again, it goes both ways. Like if I'm going after the number one person at a company, I want to work with the CEO or the CTO or the CFO or someone on their leadership team. Like that's that's a very high level person. So it's on me to do my own homework and know what their expectations might meet, might be, just like it's it's on them to do their homework on me and know what am I going to get out of this relationship. Yeah. You know, when we're talking about content marketing and what you've been talking about, Cole, is that you need to be different. You need to make it unique about yourself and tell your story within your content which makes it engaging, which creates that connection with people. If your expectation is that you're just going to pay someone, you're just going to outsource it, 
and not have anything at all to do with it, you're not going to get that result, obviously, because if you're outsourcing to someone, they're not going to know you, your story. So what you're talking about here is both of you, so you as the ghostwriter and your client, you collaborate, you ask the questions you need to ask so you can create the content for them, so you can create that story. And that's something really important that business owners, for all those are listening, that want to be creating content to reach out to their target market I guess what we're trying to say is, and and I think the point to be made is, you can't expect to outsource and not have anything to do with it, and especially to pay really low figure like $5 an article. You can't expect to do that and for your content to be effective to create the type of results that we're talking about here. It's just not going to be possible. Yeah. But it's also too, and I want to add here too, is like, it's also the tone of it, right? Like so many people there there is an art to writing and there's an art to photography and there's an art to video and so when people shop around and they're like i need someone to put words to paper it's like okay well yeah there's there's all over the spectrum different skill levels that you can get but when you when you cross a certain threshold in price you're no longer paying for content what you're paying for is tone and style and story and the ability to to hold people's attention like i'm this is just you know i've been doing this for a long time and so when people approach me they go i don't know what it is but i feel like as soon as i start reading one of your articles i don't stop and there's there's a reason why that happens and it's because it's taken me years of sculpting my writing style to get to that point and so when someone goes how much do you charge for writing like what they're not paying for just words on paper like you can get someone on Craigslist to do that but what they're paying for is approach and the style of it and the voice and that's that's where so many people like what i notice about content just period whether it's like written or video or photo or whatever is that everybody is so afraid to put themselves in it they're afraid to be vulnerable and show show people who they really are and so instead they're like no i just want to have that professional tone Mm-hmm. And I want everyone to know who I am. And it's like, okay, well, think about it like a networking event, right? If you walk in wearing the same, you know, blue jeans and a jacket like everybody else, like you don't stand out, you know, do something a little different. Where's your style? You know, walk in with some boots and a bomber. Like, I don't know, do something that's more true to you. And that was something even I struggled with for a long time. I was like, should I tell people that I'm, that I was like a hardcore gamer as a teenager, you know, like how does bodybuilding fit in with, with business? But at the end of the day, so many of the people that reach out to me, a lot of the emails start with, Hey, I'm a, I'm, I do this in business, but like, by the way, don't tell anybody like I love league of legends or like I love video games and I loved your story. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, cool. Like we vibe you, you vibe with me as a person. It's not like you just reached out because you, you thought that I would handle your business well. Like you actually vibe with me as an individual. And that's what I keep trying to share with people is if you, it's it's not like you're going to see some direct money ROI on telling people like what you enjoy doing. But if you can weave that into into pieces that end up providing value to people, the real benefit is that readers understand who you are and they see you as as someone that they can relate to. And they'd rather work with someone that they can relate to rather than some the same person that shows up to the networking event as the 500 other people that are in the room. Yeah, fantastic points. Very important, everything you've just said there. What I wanted to also ask you, Cole, is about the best platforms to publish on. So let's say you've created this content 
and you want to get it out there, where's the best places to publish it? So again, depends on your budget and where you're starting from. But for the most part, I really discourage people from starting with their website because the whole issue with content marketing or just content in general is like, how do you get eyeballs on it? How do you get traffic to what it is that you're writing about? And when you put it on your site, unless you're already some really established brand or business that has loads and loads of traffic, then you're trying to solve two two issues at the same time. One is writing things worth reading, and then two is figuring out how you're going to get people there to read them. Um, so what I really encourage people to do is um, kind of forget about your site and your blog, and if you want to put a piece on there once a month for the sake of SEO, okay, great, that's like a totally different conversation and strategy. But if you want people to read what it is that you're writing and see you as a thought leader, um, the platforms that I would recommend are Quora, Medium, and LinkedIn. Because of all the social writing sites out there, those are the three where readers are. You know, so and you can take pieces of what you write and do long form Facebook posts or, you know, image graphics on Twitter or things like that. But I I think those three are where long form content ends up performing the best. And you already have millions and millions of people that are there looking for things to read. So now you don't have to deal with the traffic issue because it's going to be very clear. Like you have a, a lot higher chance of success. Um, because it's an easier ecosystem for your content to get syndicated and pushed around. Thank you for that. Much appreciated. With your content, Cole, what call to action do you have, if any, in your content? Maybe at the end, do you, at the beginning, middle, do you have any calls to action? I.e., and what I'm talking about there is what action you want people to take as a result of them consuming that content. Yeah. So a couple different ways to approach that. I mean, again, my mentality is sort of uh, let the quality speak for itself with a lot of what I put out and I put out a lot of content. I really try not to make it very um, overt and promotional. Um, I'm much more a believer that if you write something really great and someone really likes it, they're going to look you up and they're going to find you. So I feel like if the content's on point, you don't really need to sell people on anything because they're going to find their way to you regardless. Um, but second is if you are going to do it, yeah, you can do a call to action at the end, you know, like on Medium or even Quora. I've done this and uh, putting something like, if you enjoyed this article, check out my newsletter or whatever, my course here, things like that. But the most effective way that I've found to do it is actually weaving it into whatever that you're talking about uh, almost as an example. So what you want to do is... Um, so here, when I was getting ready to launch my book, right, because plenty of people are trying to write their own books and do the marketing themselves, I would target questions on Quora and people would, it might pertain to publishing and it might pertain to gaming and it might pertain to some other interest that like was circling around those two. And I would answer the question in the form of an article and in that story, right, so putting myself in it. I would put my book or even a story from my book as an example in that article. So that way I could I could talk about it and I could link to it without it being like, here, go buy my book. I was like, yeah. you know, when I was like someone asking about writing tips and I'd be like, when I was writing my first book, Confessions of a Teenage Gamer link, you know, these are some of the things that I learned from that process. And so I'm still focusing completely on giving the reader value but I'm making it very easy for if someone's like, wow, that was really helpful. Oh, the link's right here. All right, cool. Like, I'll check it out. And I feel like that is 
learning how to soft sell like that, I've found to be a lot more successful than um, the people that pull some really overt strategy where it's like, and now the next three paragraphs are just promotional you know, garbage about how great I am. Like it just doesn't resonate and you're taking away from what the article should really be about. Yeah, that's excellent advice. We've learned so much today. Look, I really appreciate, Cole, you taking the time to talk about content and all the insights you've given us. Very, very valuable. Was there any final thoughts you had for our listeners, Cole? I, I think, you know, just reiterating what I had said is the consistency play. I don't really hold anything back in terms of what I've learned. Like I really try and be an open book and share with other people because these were all things that I had to learn the hard way. I learned them by figuring them out myself. But no matter how many answers I give people, it's not about doing it for a day or two days or a week or even a month. Like I've seen the results that I've gotten because I've invested years into this. And at a certain point, it starts to compound. And even with people that I work with, I tell them like, don't, don't get into this if you're not game for at least six months, but ideally a year minimum investment because you're not going to see out of it what you want. Um, but if you do invest in it and you are able to stay consistent, you will. Like all the people that have been consistent, they've achieved <laughs> pretty much the same things that I have. You know, they've gotten republished in major pubs or they've gotten their own columns or they've, you know, launched their own products or gotten their own clients. Like it's it's a pretty simple recipe. It's just just like anything else in the world, you know, if you're not consistent, you're not going to succeed with it. And I've found most people struggle with consistency more than anything else. Yeah, excellent advice. Again, thanks so much. We've been listening to Nicholas Cole. The best place to go, Nicholas, to find out more about you or get in touch with you, I've got a couple of websites. I've got nicholascole.com and getdigitalpress.com. Are those the best yep. places? Yep, and then all my social channels are nicholascole77. So again, Cole's personal website, nicholascole.com. I'll spell that N-I-C-O-L-A-S-C-O-L-E.com. And also for ghostwriting, for Cole's business, getdigitalpress.com. Again, thanks so much. Really appreciate your time, Cole, and everything you shared with us. And I also want to thank everyone for being here on today's podcast episode. Hey, John Legadakis here. If you got something out of today's episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast as each week I'm releasing valuable and up-to-date content and interviews. Also, there is a transcript of today's episode as well as links to all the resources we mentioned on my website, johnlegadarkus.com. On my website, you'll also find a lot of great free resources to help you get more traffic and leads for your business as this is my specialty, i.e., helping local businesses generate leads through Facebook and AdWords campaigns. My website again is johnlegadarkus.com. Thanks again for joining me today. I really appreciate it. This is John Legadarkus signing off. I'll see you next time.